0: Series called Rooted, and uh, what we've been talking about is this idea that we create disciplines, that we create systems in our lives that, that go deep in order that we would get the nutrients we need, the spiritual nutrients we need, in order to bear fruit. And the Bible calls that the fruit of the Spirit. And it's things like patience and joy and love and peace and self-control and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. All these things that you would want in your life. I mean, there's no argument. Uh, Matter of fact, the Bible says, against such things, there is no law. In other words, everybody agrees that those are the things that you would want as a human in your life. And so... And rooted, we're just taking a step back. I would almost call this series back to basics of just like what do we believe what we believe? Why do we why do we have a quiet time? Why do we enter into accountability and allow ourselves to share some of the things that might be uncomfortable? Why, why do we do those things? And so uh, this week we're gonna be talking about Satan. Right? We're gonna be talking about in the in the notebook, it's called uh, You Have an Enemy, okay? And I realize in today's society and in where we are today, the idea of Satan, like Lucifer, the devil, whatever, uh, conjures up a whole bunch of stuff. For some of you, you're like, hey, man, I am science-based. I do not believe in the devil. I totally understand that. Uh, I, I, get, I get that. Um, and that does seem kind of far-fetched in, in you know, 2022. Uh for some of you, you think Satan's everywhere. Like you you're just like Satan's attacking me, like you know, like, you know, I, I my fi- Satan's attacking my finances. Like, well did he tell you to buy the jet ski? I don't know. But anyway, so there's there's that. So you've got these kind of two extremes. Some say that Satan is alive and well and attacking and everything. And some say that, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I have a hard time be- believing in, in Satan. I just want to just share some of my beliefs and then um, share the good news, right? There's good news in all of this. Um, but I Absolutely believe there's a Satan. I believe there's a devil. I believe there's demons. I believe in the supernatural. I believe in angels. And 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 the the issue is that the Bible speaks very little of. If for any of you Star Wars or Lord of the Rings people, Satan's origin story. Basically, this is what we know: God created the angels. There were archangels. Lucifer is one of them, who we now call Satan. Michael and Gabriel, we know those names. And so Lucifer was an angel of light. He was uh, kind of like the worship leader in heaven. Uh, no offense, Tanner. Um, and and then he decided he wanted to be God. He wanted the attention. He wanted control. And God's like, nah, you got to go. And so he cast him out of heaven with, all the, uh, with a third of the angels who then became demons. And again, if you're science-based or you're like, this is why I don't uh, like religion because it makes me believe in odd things, you're going to see in a minute that you can belong before you believe that. I believe in all of that. I believe that Satan's alive and well. Where I begin to kind of think, because I tend to be an overthinker, is okay, if I believe in Satan and there's this theology of Satan Like, what is it? And so so I think to myself, like, oh, Satan's attacking me. Well, Satan is not omnipresent like God is. God can be with you and with me at the exact same time. Satan is an angel. Satan can't be everywhere. So when I say I'm being attacked by Satan, that means that for some reason, I got on his radar out of all the billions of people and he is attacking me. Which I would say, go after Rick Warren. His church is way bigger. Okay, that's just what I'd say because I'm I, this. You know, whatever. Anyway, so so uh, right or go after somebody important. You, you, you know what I mean? And so, uh, or you might say the same thing about demons. You know, there's a demon in every little corner and and all these different things. And so you might have a a vision of Satan and he's got horns and a pitchfork and a tail and all of that. He might be evil and scary, uh, which is not in the Bible at all. Um, He's actually uh, beautiful. He's an angel of light, they say, and that's how he comes across. So what I do with my theology of Satan is I try to go to the people who were there at the time right? Jesus was there at the time when Satan was cast out. Jesus knows Satan very well. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at how Satan attacks Okay, how he moves, what his thought process is, and then the good news is whether you believe in a literal Satan or not, which I would really encourage you to believe that because I think that is what scripture clearly states, but whether you believe in Satan or not, whether you believe he is personally attacking you or it's demons or it's something else or not, the result and the solution is the exact same no matter what you believe. That's the good news. And so I believe, I take the Bible more literally. And so I believe that it actually, uh, uh, it, there is a Satan. And so I would approach Satan a certain way. If you say, John, I don't really believe that. But I do believe there's evil, which we talked about last week. If you haven't heard that of why there's evil in the world, I uh, encourage you to download that or listen to that. But. Um, your answer to the afflictions you have, it, whether it be Satan or your flesh or whatever, will be the same. And so we're going to look at Satan a little bit. We're going to see him talk to two people where he actually does approach a human being uh, a, and see how they responded. And then we're going to look at uh, Peter's approach and John's approach and then Paul's approach. And we'll be out of here at le- in like... Top two hours. Okay, here we go. I'm just playing around. Here's what Jesus says about uh, Satan He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. The first thing you have to understand about Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever it is, evil, whatever, is that the truth is the number one thing Satan goes after. It's the truth. He hates the truth. He uh, he's not holding the truth. For there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. So I'm learning Spanish. I've been learning it. It seems like for like 50 years. But I'm learning Spanish. And so when I when you speak to me in Spanish, I am like that. I'm so present. I'm just like my brain is trying to absorb it. But when you switch to English, my native tongue, which I got. I talk like a like I'm in flipping 11th grade. I I, like, it's my vernacular. It's like how I talk. When Satan opens his mouth and speaks, he is speaking lies. That is his native tongue. As a matter of fact, when he's not lying, when he's telling the truth, it's in order to set up a lie. Okay? So that's what he does. He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And that, if you remember anything about Satan... Uh, at all today into the following weeks remember that he is a liar so when you begin to look at the systems that have been set in place in this world you can then begin to see where he might have been or where he's going so for example in America we'll just talk about America since that's where we all live right now um, you will hear things like, God just wants you to be happy. God, and doesn't that feel good and right? That is a lie. Okay, now if it's a lie, it probably comes from Satan. God does not want you to be happy. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be restored. He wants you to be holy. And sometimes being holy does not make you happy. Okay? Because you have to make really difficult decisions. Does that make sense? So we, we, we get into those things. We get into things like, um, you deserve that type of language. You deserve. That's a lie. You don't deserve anything. If you got what you deserved, you wouldn't have a relationship with God at all. And God bridges that gap through Jesus. So that idea that you deserve. So like if you've been watching or if you're listening to the podcast and you don't see, uh, while we were singing, our lyrics screen was kind of flickering, right? And so someone might say, that's Satan attacking, that's, that's Satan, which actually it probably was at that point, but um, if, it, if it's technology, it's Satan. So, um, so, right, so now what would be more practical for Satan, to mess with our TV and make it flicker, or to create a system of consumers that go, I'm being distracted, I don't like it, I can't worship because everything's not perfect. Hello, right? The latter. It would be much easier to create a culture of consumerism so that I get distracted, everything's not the way I perfectly want it, so I can't worship, that's a lie because you look all over the world and there's distractions everywhere and yet those people can worship without with, with bad musicians, with bad technology, with no technology, with just a drum, with just voices, right? So, so what we want to be on the alert for and to look at are the lies that have so deeply penetrated our culture If I were Satan, I would go after the culture. I would create a culture of outrage so that you read things on the internet and you watch things on the internet and you're so outraged that you divide yourself, you push people away so it becomes us versus them. That's what I'd do if I were Satan. And that's what he does. So, We're going to go through a little bit of um, 1 Peter, um, and then we'll, 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 we'll kind of build these blocks into the final end, which will give you all the tools you'll need to combat Satan if he's attacking you personally, or if he's got demons, or if it's just the systems and schemes the Bible says that he has created that you can fight against. Is that fair? Okay, here we go. I didn't even wait for an answer. All right. In the same way, 1 Peter says, this is Peter, the famous Peter that walked on water that we saw last week. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. I just wanted to read that out loud, millennials, just so, you know, come on, you you owe me. Okay, right? But listen to the context, right? Because the context is that... As younger people, because you were all younger and you're young now for some of you, you think you know better, right? I I did, right? I think I know better. And so he says this, because this is one of the things that the enemy, one of the schemes he uses is to divide generations. You who are uh, younger, submit yourselves to your elders, all of you, all of you, this is elders, younger, littles, older, older people, or experienced saints, we should call them. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility. This is one of the key ways that we uh, g- combat the schemes of the enemy. We come into the into our day not entitled. Not, I deserve this, or this makes me angry, or fearful. We clothe ourselves in humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble so he goes again humble yourselves therefore you'll see throughout the scriptures that humility is one of the key ways to combat the schemes that the enemy has it's not all about me that defeats most of his lies If it's not about me, then his lies don't have any uh, weight to them. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he will lift you up on the proper time, casting all your anxiety. I read somebody this week that said, the middle of anxiety is I. (laughs) I just thought that was kind of cool. I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but it it feels like it. My anxiety often comes from the idea that I'm in control. I'm in control. And so I'm anxious, but I'm not in control, right? So I cast all my anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now watch what he says. Be alert. Look out. Watch what you're reading. Watch what you're watching. Watch who you're hanging around with because the the enemy has created... All these systems of fear and outrage and um, lack of contentment and lust and covetousness and all these things, you got to open your eyes. That news group that you watch, that you love, that you trust. That could actually be a system Satan has come up. And you're just like, no, no, no. I know. That's Fox News. Right. I know. I get, I, fine. Or that's CNN. That is the devil's playground, CNN. Right. No, no, no. Are you being outraged? Open your eyes. Be alert. Okay. Casting all your anxieties and fears on him because he cares for you. And be of sober mind. This literally means a non-medicated mind. Like, don't come into it with the sense of like, I just want to relax and be calm and let all my cares go away. Uh Uh-uh. You're going to be alert of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is what he does. He creates systems of lies. And then he uses us to just buy into that system. And then he's got us. If you buy into a consumer mindset, he has got you. If you if you get into a system of there's people against us, and if we don't get this done right away, then we're gonna he's got you. Outrage, anxiety, all these different things. Consumerism. He's looking for someone to devour. Now here's what he says: Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers, and this is so key, that. It, if it's going to be true in the Bible, it has to be true everywhere, in all countries, in all villages, for all time, okay? Because you know that the family of believers, we're all a family. I love when, when uh, Tanner talks to us about, uh, that addresses us as family, and if you're watching online, you're part of our family throughout the world who is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The enemy has ways to do it in France, in Africa, in Asia, all these different ways to create distrust, to create anxiety, to create fear, to create outrage. We're all going through it as humans because we have been given this meat suit called a body and we have been given free will. And when you put those two things together, appetites and free will, we run amok as humans. And he's saying, watch out for that. Regardless of your Satanology, which is actually a word, which besides what you think about Satan, is he real? Is he not? Are there demons? Are there not? I believe all those things are true. But regardless of that, the word of God is still the same. Be on the alert. Be sober in mind. Watch out. The Bible says it this way. Don't even give the enemy a foothold. If you've ever seen that movie Free Solo about this guy who climbs up the side of Half Dome without any ropes or anything, oh, I can't even even think about it. But he'll use, like, he'll chalk up his fingers and sometimes reach as far as he can and grab one little thing to pull himself up. The Bible says don't even give him one little click of a mouse. Don't even give him one Don't even finish the blog. Just, you know what? This just feels like the enemy is, I'm getting outraged. I'm getting upset. Now, there's a righteous anger that obviously is good. You should be angry of injustice. And when we abuse the marginalized. But he says, because you know your family uh, of believers throughout the world, throughout all time, are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you by his eternal glory in Christ. In other words, get the right perspective, an eternal perspective. After you've suffered a little while, you've gone through it, you were tempted to be outraged. You were tempted to be anxious. You were tempted to try and get your way. And that's hard to push against that. But after you have, the God of all grace will himself um, restore you, make you strong and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever and ever. Listen to me. No matter how powerful Satan is, and no matter how many schemes and plans that he does throughout all human history, he will be defeated now and in eternity, not just eternity. You have the ability through Christ to defeat him, to defeat him in that addiction, to defeat him in the way you're bent and you, the anxiety and the fear. God is greater. To him be the glory forever and ever. And Amen. So here's what John says. Uh, John says this. Now, just so we're clear, in the past in Christianity, Western Christianity, we would use the term the world. It's us against the world, right? And we would use, think of it as in terms of like sinners, like people who don't adopt Christianity, that's the world. And then we're Christians and we're not the world. That's not biblical. The world is the enemy's schemes that are in place. So a sexual ethic that does not go according to scripture, that's not one person who decides, that's just our culture. It's the world. It's the scheme of the enemy. Our culture of consumerism in America, that aren't, those aren't individual. I don't blame Amazon for that or even Bezos for that. I blame a, a system, a satanic system that says you should get what you want, when you want it, how you want it, how fast you want it. And like Amazon might be the devil. I don't know, but you can see what I'm trying to say, right? And so that's it. So he says, do not love the world. These schemes, these setup systems that seem powerful, like our addiction to war, all these things. We have all these different Western things that we have set up, our over-sexualization of children, these odd, weird things that we're doing that, uh, that just don't seem right, but we're addicted to them all, right? Do not love the world or anything in the world, for if anyone loves the world, the Father's love is not in them. So listen to this, verse 16. For everything in the world, ready? Here we go. This is the plan of Satan for your life the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the, and, and New American Standard says, the boastful pride of life. Those three things are where he's going to try to get you, because that is our, that's how we are created. We are created with appetites, lust of the flesh, we are created to look at things that are beautiful and we like them and we want them, uh, lust of the eyes, and then we are created to want to be important and to be recognized and to be valued, right? The boastful pride of life, those, those three things. As a matter of fact, if you look through the, all of our ailments, our, I don't know, gangs, we'll just pick, I just picked that off the top of my head. What are they interested in? The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, boastful pride of life right? Congress, which is a form of gang. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, right? Right? You just, these are the things. When he says, be sober, look out, look out for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. So this is what John is saying. This does not come from the Father, but comes from the world, comes from the systems that Satan has created. The world and its desires will pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. And you will see throughout scripture, Satan is focused on now, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God is focused on eternity, an eternal mindset. You are here for just a short time. We talked several weeks back. I think it was 2.75 hours in eternal language. That's your life. You got, most of us have like less than an hour left. Sorry about that. All right. Okay, so here's what happened. So, so these are the two things. You've got Satan in the world, and you've got God. And so let's look at two people that Satan himself actually went and talked to, okay? And we'll see how they handled it and see if we can get some stuff that we learn. He goes to Eve in the garden. So for those of you who are new to the Bible, you're probably not new to Adam and Eve. Adam was created first. He's jamming around. Everything's perfect. He can eat everything he wants. They're all vegetarians. There's animals there. They're just there. And he has to name them all, which I would have just asked God to do it for me. But anyway, he's there, cat, you know, bat, rat, whatever. However, he, that's how I'd do it. Just whatever. It doesn't matter. And then God creates Eve. And so Adam has to tell Eve that there's only one tree in the garden not, not to eat, okay? So Adam tells Eve, and it looks like Adam even messed that up, but we'll, we'll see that in a second. But that, that's, that's where we are. And so the serpent comes, which is a biblical narrative for Satan. Satan comes to Eve, and he says this, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the gar- garden Like, is that really what it means? This is how it comes across nowadays. The Bible's kind of old. Does it really, did it really mean that? About how you navigate your body? Really? That seems old-fashioned. Same exact type of thing. Has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the uh, garden? Here's what Eve says. The woman says to the serpent, oh my gosh, there's a talking serpent. No, that's not what she says. From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. Another version says we may eat freely. In other words God has provided everything for you. Everything. But unfortunately he created you with free will. And so there's just one thing you can't do. Right? But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden he said you shall not eat from it or touch it. Okay. First problem. That's not the word of God. God said, don't eat from it. I think Adam told her, don't even touch it, right? All right. I think Adam added to it because he's just annoyed or whatever. I know I'm blaming Adam. Sorry, men. That's it. I will blame even another sermon when I get my courage up. But anyway, uh, right? He says, don't even touch it, right? So she says, you can't even touch it. Satan's like, yes, you do not know the word of God. I got you. Watch what he says. Uh, or you will die. The servant said, to "The woman, surely you won't die, for God knows." And this is the truth. This is the truth that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This is the this is the point Satan does all the time. God is holding out on you. God is holding out on you. You deserve. You should. What? You're not allowed? Oh, that's that's not right. Why would he create the tree in the first place and you can't eat from it? Why would he make the fruit look so good? Why, why would he do that? Why would he make a person who can invent a Tesla that you would want without you having to uh, be able to get it because you can't afford it, right? Whatever, I'm just making stuff up. Surely you will not die. You're going to know good and evil. Now watch. Watch the pattern. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, appetites, lust of the flesh, and that it was a delight to the eyes. Ooh, I'd like to get, I could post myself selfie with that, little fruit and the thing. Lust of the eyes, okay? Uh, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, boastful pride of life. I'm the, I'm the wise, out of the two of us, I'm the wisest one, right? Me and Adam, I go home and tell Adam, you know, you're naked, bro. Did you know that? Anyway, that's the pride of life. And he got her. He got her with, with those things. All he said was, God's holding out on you. You're not going to die. And because she didn't know the God's word, when she touched it, because that's what she said, don't even touch it. When she touched it and didn't die, she was like, oh, yeah, it must not be right. And so she's like, well, if that's the case, then I'll just eat some. Right? Because she got it wrong. Okay. So now, let's take Satan. Go a few hundred years. A few hundred years. There we go. Excellent. Jesus. Because Jesus' job, other than to be God and to die for our sins, was to navigate humanity in such a way to show us you can make it. You can do it. You can be holy. For God is holy. So, After he had fasted 40 days, the Bible says he was actually brought into the desert to be tempted. There was a point to this. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. Okay? After I fast 40 minutes, I become hungry, but that's just a whole different thing. 40 days, 40 nights, he becomes hungry. And the tempter, which is Satan, so we saw Satan approach Eve, now Satan's approaching Jesus. Now, The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread, lust of the flesh. You hungry, Jesus? And then then Satan had to pick bread. Isn't bread the most amazing? When I'm hungry and I think about bread with butter on it, oh, man, that's cold, Satan. Satan goes right to bread. Command these stones to be bread. You're hungry, eat, Jesus. You can do it. God doesn't want you to be hungry, Jesus. Jesus. God created you with a stomach and taste buds, don't you? Why, why, why would he hold out on you? But Jesus does one of our first things. He brings the word of God. He says, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. See, he knows God's word. But on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Satan's like, urgh. So he goes to number two. That's what Satan does, Arr! The devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle and said, wouldn't it be cool if you, if you just, what would it feel like to throw yourself off and have angels catch you? What would it feel like to date that person that you know you're not supposed to be dating? What would it feel like to just just dabble in that a little bit or to buy that? You can buy it now and make payments on it. And then you can enjoy it through all those payments, Or you could just save up for it and buy it and then not use it during that time. And who wants to do that? Just buy it now, right? Just throw yourself off. Wouldn't that be cool? And you got caught by angels. That's the lust of the eyes. It's coveting. It's like this idea of you can throw yourself down. Jesus responds, he will command his... Oh, Satan uses uh, scripture. He will command his angels concerning you. You read that in the Bible. And on their hands, they will bear you up so you will not strike your foot against a stone. Like if we're going to be talking scripture, Jesus, I got scripture. i use scripture. I see Satan use scripture all the time when he's trying to get me to do stuff. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, <laughs> it's also written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. What does Satan do? Urgh. Okay, there we go. Number three, again. The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these I'll give to you if you fall down and worship me. The boastful pride of life. You can be king of everything. Jesus said to him, go, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him. Uh, And so, yeah until next time, Jesus. Um, So let me get to, uh, I want to get to Ephesians here. I'm going to skip this part. So Ephesians says this, finally, this is Paul's response. So you've got Eve who was tempted. She failed, didn't know God's word and fell into the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. She had the trifecta there. And then Jesus Use scripture, use God's word to thwart the devil in every single one of those things. So Ephesians is talking about the same idea. Paul is talking to this church in Ephesus. There is a Satan. He's real. The demons are real. The systems and schemes are real. The fiery darts are real. What do you do? He said finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God. You go out on a Monday, on Monday tomorrow, you go out and you go I am sober, I'm alert, I'm prepared, I'm equipped, I'm in ba- I'm in a battle. I'm in a battle. I'm not going to fuss with this thing and fuss with that thing and dabble in this or not. I am serious about my faith is what the Bible says that you may take your stand against the devil's what schemes? Not the devil. Not he's not going to show up at your door and just be like, "Ha ha, I'm going to get you," right? He's not. That's the other thing he does. Ha ha. No. Okay. So it's not that. It's his schemes are everywhere. His schemes are on the freeway. Trust me. I have fallen. Many times in the schemes of traffic, of not being well prepared to handle life. Okay? So he's these schemes for our struggle, the Bible says. It's not against Congress. It's not against the other. It's not against wokeness or conservatism or whatever your thing is. It has nothing to do with that. Those are just their tools that the enemy uses to get you all bent out of shape. He says, our struggle isn't against Trump and AOC, but against the rulers. Oh, rulers. Oh, yes, I know. Against authorities. Oh, yeah, I hate my boss. Against the powers. Oh, Of this dark world and against spiritual forces. He's speaking eternally. This stuff is eternal stuff. And you're equipped to handle it. In the evil and heavenly realms, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. I could teach an entire series, eight-week series on this verses that you're going to see right now, but we don't have time. And after everything you have done, stand. That is the only thing the Bible asks you to do. Be prepared and stand. I will not back down. I will not back down. He says, stand firm then with the belt of what? Truth. Who's Satan? Father of lies. When he speaks lies, he speaks his native tongue. So I take the truth and I, I put my belt on. The breastplate of righteousness. In other words, I take my personal holiness very, very seriously. Because the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, they're I'm as, as susceptible as anyone. So I put on that breastplate of righteousness in place. My feet are, are, uh, have the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In other words, I'm ready to share my story with anybody so that they can be equipped to handle these schemes. In addition to all this, I take up the shield of faith. Listen, of which you can extinguish the, the flaming arrows of the evil one. Whatever that is. Something that comes across your newswire or whatever. You got your shield of faith. Isn't nothing going to harm me? I got the Lord and the helmet of salvation. And then your number one weapon. It's the only offensive weapon in this armor. The word of God. You have got to know or at least have accessible to you the word of God. That is why Sunday mornings are so important. Or we come and we hear the word of God. That is your only weapon. And then you have prayer and those things. But that's not what he's talking about right now. Which is the word of God. Remember, Eve messed up because she didn't get the word of God right. Jesus crushed it because he knew the word of God. Right? Um, I don't want to do that one. Yeah, I'm going to end with this one. And do not give the enemy a foothold, is what it says. Don't even give him one inch. Don't even entertain it. You got your arm, imagine if you're going into war, right? And there's an enemy, and there are live bullets coming at you, and you're like, I just wanna see, just wanna see what they look like over there, <laughs> right? I just wanna, if I could just, what it, maybe I could just, guess what happens when you do this? Bing. he's got you. Satan's a sharpshooter. Don't give him a foothold. Don't give him one little section as the worship band comes back up. For some of you, you're, you're wrapped up in a stronghold. He's got, he's got you. It could be an addiction. It could be a way of looking where you just, it's hard to get up in the morning because you're depressed or you're fearful or whatever. It could be a relationship that you have right now that's so tension-filled. I don't know if you've ever had that, where it's all you think about and you start having conversations in the shower with someone who's not there and you're just going, well, another thing. I would have told them that again. If I I ever see that person, I'm just going to, right? That's an indication there's something wrong okay? Right? These things. So what we do during this time is, um, first, we, we take this time to fill out our connection cards. And so um, I know it seems like just a little thing, but um, if you don't have your mobile device or you don't have the app, we prefer you fill it out on the app. You just go, you click checking in and um, and or connect, and then you just say, I'm checking in, and you just put your First and last name, if we know who you are, just put that in there. we log all that away. If you don't, if you just want to fill out a connection card, as much information as you're comfortable with, we'd have you do that. And if you're watching online or watching this later on during the week, like I know a lot of you do, um, just take this time during the sermon and fill out your connection card there. It doesn't have to be on a Sunday morning. But the other thing we do is we take a time to just be at peace. And so if you want to come up, Nobody cares that you're coming up. No one thinks, oh, I think they're struggling with an addiction. Nobody cares. Maybe you just want to come up and praise the Lord for the fact that you're like, oh, I remember when I didn't have the armor. Oh, I'm free. And you want to come up and kneel. We have pillows here. Or maybe you're having a struggle. You've got, we've got people here who know how to pray. They'll just pray for you. So we just take this final song to reflect. And to maybe, maybe, maybe you're bold enough to come up and to kneel down and to actually talk to Satan and go, you know what? I'm just telling you right now for this week, I'm not going to buy into your schemes. I'm going to go before the Lord. I'm going to humble myself under his mighty hand that he may exalt me at the proper time. I don't need your lies anymore. Maybe you do that. Maybe you just take a risk. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that you love us. We're so thankful that you did so many things. You modeled how to get through being tempted by Satan. And then you died for our sins to allow us to have access to our Heavenly Father who builds us up. You are the Word of God from the very beginning. And you've given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to get through anything, any fiery dart, anything he holds at us. We thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you that you will be victorious in the very end. You will crush his head. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Why don't we go ahead and stand for the blessing? This blessing will be a little different than in the past. Because some of you need to hear this. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would leave here a warrior. That you would leave here prepared. That you would leave here sober and alert and ready. I pray you would leave with being washed by the water of the word of God, that the enemy would have no more hold over you, that your heavenly Father has got you, sustaining you, encouraging you, and that whatever you're going through would be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that what you would leave here new, Fresh. Enabled. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week and we will see you next Sunday.